You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen. I am so excited about you being with us today, taking this leadership journey with me. I began a series, our last episode, entitled Vision, Seeing Beyond the Now. Vision, Seeing Beyond the Now. Now, each one of these uh episodes has a subtopic. Now, the overall, the series title is Vision Seeing Beyond the Now. So the theme we're dealing with all through these lessons is vision. But each lesson or episode has a subtopic. In lesson one, our subtopic was, are you going backwards or forward? Going backwards or forward? And in Episode one, we answered the question, what is vision and why is vision important? Now, in this second episode, we're going to talk from the subtopic, securing God's vision, securing God's vision. In other words, how do we receive a genuine vision from God? That's what we're going to be talking about. How do we receive a genuine vision from God? There are three things involved in receiving a God-given vision. Three. One, two, three. Three things. Number one, separating. Number two, asking. And number three, hearing. So there are going to be three parts to securing God's vision. Three parts to securing God's vision. And the first part, part one, is separating. Being alone with God. You have to separate yourself. Get uh, along with God. You and God separating a God-given vision is not usually received in a crowd. A God-given vision. We're talking about how do I receive a genuine vision from God? Well, a God-given vision is not usually received in a crowd, a crowded mind, crowd of people, or a crowd of the environment. A God-given vision is not usually received in a crowd. A crowd of people, around people all the time, you're not going to receive a God-given vision. A crowded mind, so many things in your mind, you're not going to receive a God-given vision. A crowded environment, you're not going to receive a God-given vision. There will be always a separation 
period required. Now, I'm going to give you some proof text. As a leader, you have to have times where you get along, along with God. You and God alone. Separating has to do with being alone with God, having times where you spend time in God's presence alone, where your focus is on him, not a crowded mind, where you're not in a crowd of people, because in a crowd of people, they're going to be talking and doing things that will distract you, a crowded environment. Separating, when I look at the scripture, I see great men and women of God who separated themselves. And in that period of separation, they received a God-given vision. Give you some examples. Let's look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 15. Genesis 13, verses 14 through 15 in the New King James Version. It says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Look northward, southward, look eastward, westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants. Now listen at this. So Lot was Abram's nephew. God never intended for uh, Abram to, to connect to Lot, but he got had an emotional tie. This was his nephew. When God told him to separate himself from his family and, and, and go to the land that he had instructed him to go to, he took Lot with him. Now, notice here in Genesis 13, 14, verse 15, it says, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot was separated, after Lot was separated. Now, look eastward and northward, southward and westward. All the land you see, I'll give it to you. Notice specificity concerning the vision was not given until Abram was separated. So separation precedes vision. And notice here that Abram initiated the separation. Verse 8 and 9, Genesis 13, verse 8 and 9, it says, So Abram said to Lot, Please separate from me. If you want, a God-given vision, separation will be important. Let's look at another uh, Bible example. And, uh, and Jesus here is, is our subject matter. In Mark 1, 35 through 38, the New King James Version, it says, now in the morning, this is re re referencing Jesus, now in the morning, having risen, a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were 
with him, searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose, I have come forth. Now, if you read Mark, the first chapter, and the previous verses, before you get to verse 35, Jesus had ministered all day long. A multitudes of people came and they were healed and they were delivered and they, they served those people all day long, crowds and crowds and crowds of people. And then it says, now in the morning, the, the day after he has spent all this time in the crowd, the Bible says he got up early before everyone had risen and he went to a solitary place. He separated himself and there he prayed. Now watch this. The scripture says that Simon Peter and the other disciples were searching for Jesus. That tells us that Jesus intentionally separated himself. He didn't tell them where he was going. They were asleep when he got up and he went out into a solitary place. So they had to search for him. He was separated. They had to search for him. And when they found him, listen what Peter said. Listen, everybody's looking for you. All these people, they still, they want you to come and minister to them. And notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, no, we're going to go to the next city because I've been sent to preach to them also. Notice. Notice here that the there were people with all these needs right where he was, but he went into a solitary place and he got the mind of God through separating himself from the crowd, a place where he can download his thoughts and get all these thoughts out of his mind, where he could focus on God. And he knew God's purpose, God's plan for him was not to stay there but to go to the next cities. So we see Jesus was not led by people because the demands of the people were already there. He was not led by needs. There were all kinds of people, sick people, blind people, lame people, hungry people. It was people with a multiplicity of needs, but he wasn't led by needs. And he was not led by his emotions because if he had operated out of his emotions, he'd say, well, you know, since all these people are here, then I'll just stay here a while. But he separated himself. He got along with God and God gave him the vision of what he should do next. He, God's plan for what he should do next. And even though there were needs there, and even though he loved these people, he knew it was not God's plan for him to stay there. When I was uh, preparing this lesson, I thought about Abraham and I thought about Jesus, how they separated himself. And that's one of the keys to receiving a God-given vision. But it made me think about Moses. I did some research and Moses Remember, Moses was raised an Egyptian, 
in the household of Pharaoh. It came into his heart, Acts 7 says, to deliver his people. He tried to do it prematurely, killed a man, and then he ran out of the city, ended up at Jethro's house. He married Jethro's daughter. Now he's a shepherd feeding 40 years, feeding the sheep. And the Bible says one day up on the mountain, he saw a bush burning. And the interesting thing about the bush, it didn't burn out. It didn't consume. And listen what it says in Exodus 3, verse chapter 3, verse 3 through 4, is that then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. Why was it was burning, but it never went out and wasn't consumed. So when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, then God called to him. Now notice that that is so powerful. Moses saw he's up there with the sheep all alone. And he saw this bush burning. And normally that wasn't strange for bush to catch on fire in the desert. But the bush never consumed. It never burned out. So he turned aside to see what was going on. And the Bible says when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, then God called. And notice when God called Moses, he said, now listen, Moses. I see what's going on in Egypt. I see the sufferings of my people, and I'm sending you to go and deliver them and set them free. Notice the vision did not come to Moses turned aside. So that's the first key, precious people. Listen, if you're going to receive a God-given vision, you have to separate yourself for, for seasons, you know, uh, a time where you get away from the crowd, a time where you don't have all the demands. And sometimes fasting will help you that. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about 40 day fast. I'm talking about sometimes push away from the table for a day or and just drink juices or water, whatever, for a day or so, where you can focus on God, get your mind. That's what fasting will do. It'll help you to get your mind focused on God because God can't speak in, in a crowded mind. When your mind has all this stuff running through it and all these demands, you can't hear God. So you got to separate yourself. That's that's the one of the first keys to receiving a God-given vision is separation. Getting alone with God so that you can hear what God would say. The second uh, key in this part two of that requirement is asking, asking. Asking relates to prayer. Now listen at this. In Jeremiah 33, verse three, in the New King James Version, it says, call to me, God is speaking, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not. Now, notice God says, call to me. He's talking about prayer. Call to me and I will answer you. You call 
I'll answer. You call, I'll answer. The converse is true. If you don't call, I won't answer. You call, I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah, same verse, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, it says, Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. I'll show you remarkable secrets about things to come. That's vision, man. God says, if you'll ask me, if you'll call, he said, I'll show you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. So we're talking about these three parts to receiving a God-given vision. Part one, separate yourself. Take time Cut off your interaction with the crowd. Get your mind focused on God. Get to a solitary place, separation, and then that place is when you're going to pray, asking, because prayer is vital to receiving a God-given vision. Prayer is vital. Daniel, remember, was a man of vision. The Bible says he had visions from God, but he was also a man of prayer. Jesus had a burning vision to bring salvation to humanity, but Jesus was also a man of prayer. Jeremiah 3, 3 communicates. He said, I'll show you that's revelation but it's preceded by calling, that's prayer. He said, call and I'll show. Call and I'll show. Call is prayer. I'll show you is revelation. I'll show you remarkable things that you don't know about the future. He said, call, that's prayer, and I'll show, that's revelation. Now, now listen at this. We're, we're talking about these three parts and we're just going to deal with the first two parts, and that is separating, asking, separation, prayer, separation, prayer. That's what asking is, is prayer. Now, Luke chapter 6, I'll close with this text. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 48, it says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Jesus says, whoever comes to me and hear my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house. It could not shake it, but it was founded upon a rock. That's Luke 6, 46 through 48. Now, the 49th verse says that those who come and hear, but don't do what I say, will be like a man who built a house without a foundation. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, 
it fell and immediately with the great or the fall. Now, in this parable that Jesus taught, there were two houses. One was built with a foundation. The other was built without a foundation. One house stood. The other house did not stand. So why did one house, this is just a rhetorical question for you, why did one house fall and the other house didn't just fall? Didn't, it did not fall, but it wasn't even shaken by the storm. Why? Well, the answer, one house, and I gave it to you, one house had a foundation. The other house didn't have a foundation. The house that stood the test was built on a rock. The house that fell was built on sand. So I'm going to ask you a question. And often I ask, uh, I ask ministers these questions especially when, when they want to know, okay, why, what caused you to be successful? Give me some secrets to your success. And I asked this question, okay, one house was built on a rock, the other was built on the sand. Okay, what is the rock? What is the rock? What was the rock foundation? And you know what most people say? And I bet you thought, Jesus. No, Jesus is not the rock foundation. What? Yeah. The scripture says that no other foundation can be laid except Jesus. No, we're talking about this parable that he's talking about. We're not talking about the foundation of the church. We're not talking about that. He gave a parable, and he says that one house, both houses went through the storm. One house failed. The other house didn't fall. And I ask you, why did one house stand and the other fail? You answer because one had a foundation built on a rock and the other was built on sand. So I asked you the question, what was the rock foundation? You said Jesus. And I said, no. Because, see, think about it. Believers who are born again have Jesus. There are many, but all believers don't stand the test of storms. And then most ministries said they are serving Jesus. I mean, Christian ministers said that Jesus is their Lord and they're serving Jesus, but all churches don't succeed. Some feel others succeed. So it couldn't be Jesus because the believers all have Jesus. Some succeed, some fail, but they have Jesus. And then if it's a Christian church, then they preach in Jesus. But some of those that are preaching Jesus are failing and others are succeeding. So the scripture interprets itself. Jesus says in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Then verse 47, he says, and this is the rock foundation, whoever comes to me and hear my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. The person who comes to Jesus, hears Jesus, and does what Jesus say. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man 
who built a house, dug deep, and laid the foundation on the rock. So the rock foundation is coming to Jesus, hearing what Jesus has to say, and doing what Jesus say. So here's the, here's, here's the thing. We're talking about securing God's vision. How do I receive a God-given vision? It begins with separating yourself and then asking Asking his prayer, you go to Jesus about the vision that he has for your life. You go to Jesus asking about the vision that he has for your family. You go to Jesus asking about the vision that he has for your church or your business or your organization, your career. And that is the beginning you separate yourself, you ask in prayer, and then we'll look at the third component in our next episode. You have to hear what he says, and then you have to do it. So let me ask you a question. Again, do you have a vision from God? Have you taken the time to separate yourself Have you taken the time to spend time in quality, time in prayer to secure God's vision? Now, we're not finished because the third part is to hear what God has to say. You got to separate, you got to pray, you got to hear, and naturally you got to obey. And we'll talk about that in our next episode. Listen, I trust that you've been blessed by today's lesson I believe you're being transformed and God is prepping you and preparing you to lead on a high level. I look forward to seeing you next time and I pray that you have a successful rest of the week. 